This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. Welcome to the Tuesday episode. Today I am joined by Haley Hubbard. She is the co-founder of Meaningful Living, and Meaningful Living is described as the Coles Notes version of parenting, which I love because what they do is basically deliver information to parents that is easy to digest and easy to understand. So instead of reading, you know, a big book about whatever it might be, baby led weaning or feeding toddlers, they will just give you the basics. So it is easy for parents to implement certain changes in their household based on all the science, all the myths that are out there. And it's just so that, you know, it makes parenting more easy to understand. She is also co-host of the Meaningful Living podcast, which I highly recommend you listen to. They have some solo episodes on there, and they also have expert guests to talk about all things parenting and family. In this episode, we touch on tour bus living or traveling with toddlers because they travel a lot because of her husband's job. He is one half of the popular band Florida Georgia Line, so she is well-versed in traveling with kids. Her kids are three, two, and almost one year old. Can you imagine? So we talk about that. We also talk about her experience with breastfeeding and formula feeding. And I asked her to retell a story that I heard her tell on one of their podcast episodes. And I loved it so much. And it's such a great story. So I am excited for you guys to hear that. We also talked about quarantine life and phone addiction and couples therapy. Her and her husband, Tyler, are very open about their experience with therapy and how it has helped them in their relationship. So yeah, lots of topics that we covered. It was such a great chat. I felt like I was just talking to a friend. Her partner in Meaningful Living and also the co-host of the Meaningful Living podcast that does the podcast with her is Jessica Diamond. She is a dietitian, And I got to get her on the podcast too, because I really enjoy how they deliver information and their attitude about parenting and motherhood. It really aligns with my own thoughts on motherhood. So I think it would be a great conversation. So I'll stop talking now and let's get into the episode. Please welcome Haley Hubbard to the mom room. I thought to start off, you could just introduce yourself, your family, and then also tell us about the podcast and why you guys started that podcast. Well, I'm Haley Hubbard. I'm a mom of three. I'm a wife to a touring artist and musician. My husband is one half of Florida Georgia Line, and we live a super crazy busy life, but we still try and live a somewhat normal life when we're at home, and and we're still trying to figure out that work-life home balance, especially because I've just launched a brand called Meaningful Living in this past year and also a podcast with my business partner, Jess. And so that's the basics of who I am. (laughs) We can dive deeper in a little bit. 
How old are your kids? So my kids are, I have an almost one-year-old and an almost two-year-old and a three-year-old. Wow. Yeah. It's so crazy. We really had them back to back and it wasn't really planned that way. It just kind of happened. And I'm kind of glad it did now that, now that it's passed, but you know, during the third pregnancy, that was, that was one of the hardest years of our life. So would you say the third pregnancy was the hardest for you? Like just physically? Yeah, by far, by far the third pregnancy was the hardest for me. Just, I think mentally too, because I wasn't prepared for that pregnancy. I got pregnant three months after we had our second child, Luca. And so it was just such a shock. And I was about to go into surgery when we found out I was excited to get my implants out. Sorry if that's TMI, but I was about to get my implants out. They were toxic and I was just ready to, to be rid of them and, and just excited for that new phase of like, all right, I'm going to just like get myself back. I'm going to get out of this pregnancy fog and, and all of that like postpartum stuff. And then found out I was pregnant again, which it took us a couple days, maybe a week or so to really adjust and be like, all right, this is going to happen. And once it did, we were so happy, but overall on my body, it just took such a toll because I don't think my body really had a chance to bounce back after the first one. I say bounce back. It it takes a year at, at least for your body to get back to somewhat normalcy, but it just didn't have a break. I can't even imagine like three months. They're still so little. What was it like? Like if your pregnancy was difficult physically, you still have two other kids to take care of that are basically babies. It was so crazy because I also had varicose veins. And I don't know if you experienced that when you were pregnant, but it's just like this throbbing like veins popping out of my legs. So that wasn't pretty physically, but it just hurt. And so being on my feet hurt. And so I think emotionally and physically, I was just down because I couldn't be there with my other two kids as much as I would have liked to be. And I think that was the hardest part. And, you know, 2020 happened and and we all had our horrible experiences with that, but also silver linings and blessings and, and of course all that. But my husband had an ankle injury. He tore oh his Achilles and broke his ankle like a month before I gave birth. And so there were just all these things thrown into it where we were like, all right, this is just, this is just our hard year. And, and so that was just hard with the other two kids. I've been talking a lot about traveling. My son Milo is almost three years old. And so now that restrictions are starting to lift, my husband's parents are in Vancouver and we like to travel. But I'm like, now that he's out of a crib, I feel like it's harder to travel with him just for like sleeping arrangements. And I saw your latest reel that you posted where you took, I guess it's the two-year-old up to Detroit. And I was like, wow, they were on a plane. They were on a tour bus. Like, (laughs) what is that like when you travel with your kids? Like, how do you manage that? And what is the sleeping arrangements? It's crazy. And it, I swear before every trip, I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? And I sit down with our nanny, my husband, and, and we're like, we put our heads together. Like, what's going to be the plan for this trip? Because it's always different, right? And whether we're going to be in the car for a while or a plane or, 
a long plane ride? Are we going to be in hotels or renting a house? And it's just, it's always like Tetris figuring it out. But I feel like try and be as organized as possible on the front end. And, and my favorite, I do like traveling with a car seat if we are traveling on an airplane just to keep them somewhat contained. I've heard this trick, like you can strap the car seat into the plane seat. Yes. Yeah, that's genius. Our boys are really squirmy, our little ones. And so just to put them in the car seat and leave them there. I mean, we do have to pay for an extra seat, but it's yeah. like the best money we've ever spent because I'm not having to just wrangle them the whole time. Mm-hmm. No, for so, sure. Yeah, that it's just, it's just a lot. I feel like traveling you need to really lower your expectations. Cause like, I know what it's like to go on trips with just my husband and I, but then once you have a kid, I feel like a lot of people expect the trips to be the same thing, but now you're just bringing your kid, but it's like, you really need to lower your expectations (laughs) and (laughs) be willing to like change plans on the fly and have things not work out and not sleep very much. And the schedule too. Like at home, it's like routines. And if you're traveling, especially with you guys, you know, you're traveling for a few days, there's no way you're going to be able to stay on your routine and have like scheduled naps. And it must just be chaotic. It's chaotic. And I really have to mentally prep myself, but also my husband for what's to come. We've both accepted the fact that if we bring kids, it's no longer a vacation. It's called a trip. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> we have trips now, no longer vacations, unless it's just my husband and I, or my husband and I and, and friends or girlfriends. So I think the mentally preparedness helps. Like you were just saying, you have to be able to just change plans on the fly, but also just to be prepared physically for it. Like, okay, do I have the pack in place? Do I have, am I going to be in an environment where I can set up somewhat of a schedule for my kid? And I think that is the hardest part. Like you said, whether you're changing time zones or going to be in a, in a different environment, they have to adapt to it. Our kids have learned to adapt pretty well. And that's kind of how I've wanted it. Like, all right, they're going to adapt to our lifestyle and we'll try and keep their schedules as much as possible, but I'm not going to put my life on pause because we have a a busy life. Everyone has a busy life now. So yeah, we just try and stay on schedule as much as possible, but mentally preparing ourselves helps the most. I saw the little bed on the tour bus. It's so cute, isn't it? Yeah. For people listening, it's like you would expect like the little bunk beds and you had the rails to go across. Did he actually sleep in there? Yes. Our kids sleep so well on the bus. And I know that's not normal to have a, a bus, but we have a bus where we get to sleep at night. So we hop on the bus at night and then we have a bus driver and he drives to the next place overnight. And it's like the bus just rocks them to sleep and they sleep in sometimes an hour, hour and a half. And it's awesome because it gets so dark and it rocks them to bed. And it's yeah. Cause all kids sleep in the car so well. So a bus, I imagine it's the same thing, but they get to be comfortable and lay down. I know. It's great. I I do prefer the bus when we can use it. Yeah. 
I need a bus now. (laughs) (laughs) I know. A lot of our friends got like those sprinter vans last year and just traveled around in those with their kids, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's cute. Everyone's like into the tour life now. I love it. Yeah. So your husband's work is incredibly busy. And I was thinking about it today. My husband is a surgeon. And I remember shortly after Milo was born, I feel like I had this aha moment where I was like, wow, his work is always going to kind of come before family stuff. And not like super important things, but just like the everyday kind of things. Whereas for me, like my work is very flexible. I make my own schedule. I can cancel things at any time, no problem. Whereas like for him, if he's on call and he gets called into the hospital because, you know, someone's bleeding or there's been an emergency, like he has to go. And like, there's no questions asked. So I was wondering if you ever came to that realization or if you feel that way as well. And it's not necessarily that it's a bad thing because I'm like, well, that's how we live. Like he has a very important job and that's how we have this house. And, you know, but do you ever feel that way where like his job is so important and he needs to go do things that might come before family stuff? Yeah, I would say quite often. It used to happen a lot more, especially when we were on tour. And now he can be a lot more flexible, but I can completely relate with you on that. And just being like, all right, my husband's just gone right now. And I need to figure out what we're going to do. And and I need to make my, our plans. But yeah, I think now, luckily he's been able to really kind of make his own schedule with songwriting and, and try and be as present as possible with the kids. But even the other day, you know, we have this shared calendar and our nanny shares it and he is on it and I'm on it. Everybody in our household is on it. And we were doing a CPR training class at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon and it was on our calendar for two months <laughs> and, and he missed it. And I told him that day, I'm like, hey, just so you know, like we have a CPR thing. I'm sure you saw it on the calendar. And you, he is really like very diligent about the calendar. He notices things. There's a lot going on right now, but he was like, sorry, like someone booked a right for me and I can't be there. Like it's an important right and you're just going to have to fill me in later or I'll take another CPR later. So stuff like that, it, it does happen all the time where I'm just like, all right, we will figure this out. For me, sometimes my husband will get called into the hospital and I'm like, he hangs up the phone and I'm like, well, what happened? Like, what's wrong with the person? <laughs> like trying to like justify, like, do you really have to go? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> what do you have to go do? Give me some sort of gossip to like, I don't know. Just yeah. help me understand what's going exactly. on. Because <laughs> then I can feel better about you leaving because like, oh, okay, yeah. you really need his help. I guess you can go. Yeah, it's nice when there's context and you're not just like staying home just for the hell of it. In quarantine for you guys, he was home. He was. That was the biggest blessing. And I know that it was a really hard year for a lot of people and, and it was hard for us in other ways. But that was the best because we never really get a summer at home. We're always on the road, which is so fun, but it's also a lot. You know, you're not at home with your friends and your family and you're on the road, especially with kids. It's, it's hard and trying to plan different activities for every day. What city are we going to be in? And so again, that's very fun, but it was nice to just have some stability and 
actually get to be home because he and I had never actually been home for that extended period of time since we'd met ever. So it was really fun. Like we had fun together. If I wasn't pregnant, we would have had a lot more fun. But (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. I love the first few episodes of your podcast where it's just you and Jessica. And then the episode where you have Tyler, your husband on, like whenever I start listening to a podcast, I never really know what to expect, but it was so just like open and honest. And, you know, I found myself going like, oh yes, like being happy that you guys were discussing certain things. And one of the things that you talked about was breastfeeding. And you told this story about how when you were in the hospital, I guess with your third, you called Jessica and you were talking about breastfeeding and like the possibility of introducing formula. And I was wondering if you could share that with us because I was like, oh, this is amazing. I love this story. 
I'm happy to share. I think, first of all, breastfeeding is so hard and women are amazing for doing it. And I think it is such a miracle that we can feed our babies through our own breast milk. It's absolutely a miracle. You know, it just doesn't work as well for for everyone. and, And that's how it was for me. I breastfed our first baby, Olivia, for four months. And then I breastfed Luca, our second, for three months. And when I say breastfed, I really mean like pumped most of the time, had some breastfeeding, but but really they just got kind of frustrated and it didn't work as well as, as I saw my friends doing it. So, and then Atlas is our third and I breastfed him for two days and that's when I called Jess and I was like, look, and Jess is my business partner in Meaningful Living and podcast partner and also our nutritionist. She's wonderful, gives like the most practical information. And so I was like, I just need to call her. And obviously I talked to my husband first and he was so supportive. He's like, just don't do it. But I'm like this, I'm already getting the bleeding nipples. And and I had accepted that. I knew that that was going to happen. It happens to most women and it's very normal. But I was like, it just reminded me of the pain and agony and frustration and I don't even know if I want to call it depression, but like anxiety, I guess, that breastfeeding brought up for me. I mean, even before I gave birth to my third atlas, I was just like, not looking forward to that. I was looking forward to everything else, but not that. And so I was like, I just, I don't want to do it, but I needed that extra encouragement. You know, you know, when you need someone to just be like, it's okay. Like you don't have to. And so I called Jess and Jess was like, you know what? First of all, she said a happy mom is a happy baby. And so that was like bottom line that just kind of sealed the deal for me. But she's like, you know what? It just hasn't worked well for you. It's created anxiety. And she's like, that in turn is going to give the baby those feelings. And if it's not pleasant for you, it's not going to be pleasant for the baby. And so she just encouraged me in it instead of being like, oh, you can do it, which also is so sweet when people do that. Like we do need encouragement, but at some point with breastfeeding, you just almost need that friend to just be there for you and be like, it's okay. You don't have to do it. And, and I think in our society, breastfeeding is, is so pushed on everyone. And like I said, it's, it's wonderful when you can do it, but it's also, some people just can't. And, and I also just remembered how wonderful formula was. I'm like, now there's amazing formulas out there. We had such great experience with Cabrita, which is actually a Canadian formula I think it's like a goat's milk formula and like you know what our other two liked that from a young age and and maybe Atlas will too and it gave me the freedom to not be tied to a pump to not be like dreading every feeding and washing pump parts all day and and it really it allowed me to enjoy feeding my kids and then also my husband could help it was it was actually the best thing ever. Every time I, I like made a bottle, I'm like, this is the best ever. And I was just so excited. Yeah. It always breaks my heart. I hear so many stories because I talk a lot about like breastfeeding and my experience with like giving formula and all that. I hear so many stories from moms who like will do anything to be able to breastfeed And then at the end of the day, like once their child is like two or three and they think back on it, they're like, you know, I didn't enjoy any of those moments. 
And it created so much anxiety. Like I was depressed. I dreaded having to feed them. But I think like you said, there's so much pressure on moms to breastfeed no matter what. And it's like, you know, you have to kind of weigh the pros and the cons because like at the end of the day, like Jessica said, like you want to be happy. You want to enjoy your baby. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where people breastfeed and they're like, it's amazing. Like I feel so connected and bonding and they love it. And it's like, that is also amazing. But just the pressure, yeah. So I loved that story when you talked about that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to share that because I wish I would have heard something like that when I had my first child and realized like, oh, I don't know if this is worth it for me. There's something about having another mom because like you were saying, and my husband was the same. He was like, like he brought me the thing of formula. For me, I didn't have trouble breastfeeding. He was breastfeeding fine, but... I was so anxious about him gaining weight because he had jaundice. And I remember the doctor saying if he didn't gain a certain amount of weight on time, he would have to stay overnight in the hospital. And like having just delivered a baby, I was like, the last thing I want to do is go back to the hospital overnight with him like having to be under the lights. So yeah, and he was having diarrhea on breast milk. Like, and I was just like, this is not right. And then we started giving him the formula and he was like, no diarrhea, no gas overnight. He was sleeping like super happy. And I was like, wow, like it was so stressful to make that decision. But once we did and I saw how good it ended up being, I was like, I hope other moms have the, I don't know what you want to call it, like the courage or the... That like feeling of freedom that it's an option and it's not frowned upon because yeah, even in the hospital, when I said, I think I'm in a formula feed and they're like, well, I think we could go find some formula. And I'm like, you think sure have formula. And they brought in this teeny tiny little thing. And so I want just feeding your baby to be accepted no matter how you do it. Yeah. And I remember when Milo was like six months old, I would be shopping with him in a health food store or something. And I think I was looking at like some kind of vegan products. And I specifically remember this moment. And at this point, I was just giving him formula. And the store owner came up to me and she was like, oh, are you breastfeeding? And I was like, (gasps) like, because the products weren't like breastfeeding friendly that I was looking at. And so like, I understand that she was just trying to be helpful, but I was like, I'm so mad that I feel this way just because someone's asking if I'm breastfeeding. Like, why am I so taken aback? Because now I have to explain. And then you feel like you have to explain, well, no, like he was having diarrhea. And so I like, you know, I, and it's like, I should just not have to feel that way and just be like, oh no, we're doing formula. Like end of story. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. I agree with you. Gosh. Well, good for you. Yeah. Well, I think conversations like this, like I feel like it's getting better and a lot of people are sharing their experiences, which is just, you know, in the end being helpful for everyone. I so agree. And I think doctors are are also kind of being a little more progressive in that space as well, because my OB she came in and I just kind of asked her about it. Like I I love to just ask people around me for advice. I like to collect info and then make my decision based off of like my feelings and all the the information. But she's like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And, and having her say that as well, just, just kind of solidified it. But 
you know, I think we're also used to doctors being like, no, you have to, or lactation consultants trying to, to push that on you. Not that all of them do, but so it's nice that I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot more progressiveness in that, that space. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair's too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. Something else that you and Tyler talked about on the episode where he joined you guys was your experience with couples therapy. And I loved that. My PhD is in psychology and I studied like the effects of psychotherapy. So when people are just like open about their therapy experiences, I'm like, oh, this is great. Like it just normalizes going to therapy. And I love that. What is one thing that you took from therapy? Like what would you say is the biggest change that happened between you guys because of going to therapy? I think the biggest takeaway and the biggest blessing in our life from therapy is the fact that it gives us language and tools to communicate with each other and also people around us to have stronger relationships, whether that's with your spouse or or friends or coworkers. 
I feel like I can understand communication a little bit better and I can understand myself and I just couldn't be a bigger proponent of therapy because it's, it's changed our life. I want to also change that stigma. I want to normalize therapy and that everybody should go. Everybody needs it. Every single person. Did you guys do any couples therapy before having kids or was it just after? We did. We did like a premarital therapy, counseling, whatever you want to call it, with a place here in Nashville called Porter's Call. And they provide therapy for all artists, which is really cool. And so we started there. And then we went to a place called Onsite. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's actually in Tennessee, but people come from all over the world. And Onsite is, I guess you could call it like a retreat center for emotional and mental health, like well-being. For couples or for just anybody? Anybody. They have different programs. We started doing a couple a couple retreat and then they've got individual retreats and then they've got individual intensive things, no matter what you're going through. So anyways, we love onsite. So we went to onsite and both of us were like, you know, I don't really know why we're going, but I'm excited to go because I always want to work on myself. I always want to be better. And of course we had a hundred things to work on once we got there, but I think none of us really know what we have to work on until we start diving into it. And then and then realize how much better and easier things can be after we do it. Are there things that you guys do like weekly or monthly, like to make your relationship a priority? Like, do you guys do date nights? Do you, you know, make sure that you spend the evenings together? Anything like that? We do. So this sounds a little bit psychotic with our schedules. Well, we of course do date nights. That's like our, our number one. We try and do date nights once a week. So what would a date night look like for you? A date night could be anything from put our phones away and we're going to sit and watch Netflix after the kids go to bed. But, but mostly a date night's like, all right, we're going out, we're making a dinner reservation and we're just going to go to dinner and, and have some time together to talk about something other than kids or schedules or whatever it is. And... I'm trying, I'll, I'll think of other date nights we've done, but right now that's kind of, that's kind of it. But during quarantine, it was like, you know, we had to get creative because we were all just locked up at home. But something that I've, we've tried to do with our, our schedule is say, okay, four nights a week, we are at home. We are with our kids having family dinners. That's like no less than four. And then one night a week, we'll do a date night. One night a week, we will have a friend night. And then one night a week is like a wild card. If that ends up being a family night, great. If it ends up being a last minute friend hang, awesome. And so it, it just helps us structure our week a little bit and make sure we have time for kids, for spouses, for ourselves or girls nights or guys nights. And that's like, we aim for that. Of course, it's never going to happen perfectly, but that's what we aim for. So is that in your shared calendar? I'm wanting to start to do time batching. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, where like your days are blocked off. It's probably what you do. Like your schedule is very clear. Like I'm doing this between this time and this time and, you know, set up. And I want to start doing that next week because I find days just go by and I'm like, what did I even do today? Like, what did I accomplish? You know, you put that into your shared calendar as like, you know, this is a family dinner night. This is our date night. And well, it's more of just like mentally, we, we look at the, the week 
or the two weeks ahead and say like, all right, where's our date night in there? And looks like we have a dinner with our good friends that night. Okay. So that's our friend, our friend night. And just so you and I know, like, if you're going to have a guy's night, let me know so I can plan a girl's night that night or I'm home with the kids. So it's more of just like this mental awareness, but making sure we, we make time for that date night. And then we kind of plan around that. I'm sure it could be much more organized, but at least we're mentally aware of it. Yeah, no, it's nice to have like clear goals. I think that's good. For me, the evenings, I don't want to put anything in the evenings because once Milo goes to sleep, that is my time where I can sit with my husband. But a lot of the time, and this started in quarantine as a bad habit, and I don't know why quarantine did this, but like he'll sit there and read Twitter or something, the TV's on and I'm like on Instagram or TikTok. (laughs) And it's like, so we're next to each other, but we're not like engaging or communicating. And so recently, that's what I told him. I was like, we need to actually make an effort to like sit down, have a glass of wine, like have a conversation, put on a movie. And like you said, put away the phone because just having the phone in my hand is like a distraction and I'm not paying attention to anything else. My husband will be like, Oh my God, did you hear that on the news? And I'm like, I'm not paying attention to what you're watching. I'm on my phone. (laughs) It is so hard. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I think 2020 and, and being in quarantine somehow did that to us. We all kind of have this extra addiction to our phones and then on top of that, we're parents and we're entrepreneurs. Like you have a podcast and, and so, and we all work from home. A lot of people work from home now. So there's not a separation between work and home. And so I think a lot of people are struggling, myself included with finding that balance. And it's so hard. We've tried like, all right, let's throw our phone in a basket. Like, let's just put our phones in the closet And then somehow it ends up back out and I'm responding to my, you know, mom friends or whatever, because there's always something to be done. But what we just did, and I'll let you know how this goes, is we got two phones. And I know that sounds like a disaster, but one phone is like our regular phone with everything on it. The other phone is the emergency phone. Only a few people have that phone number and that phone does not have text well, no one texts you and you can't text anyone else. Otherwise they will have that number, but it only has things like a camera and maps and apps like Sonos. So you can do your house music or whatever during dinner. So we are going to have that phone during like family hours, maybe like four to whatever PM, but during like our working hours, we will have our normal phone, get our work done. And then put that phone away. So I'll let you know. Our friends did that and they said it works really well for them. And I'm like, I'm willing to try anything right now. At first I was a little bit leery because I'm like, your phone is the problem. So you got another phone. (laughs) I know it sounds so, so psycho. (laughs) Yeah. But no, that is a really good idea. For me, I struggle because I have a following on Instagram and it's like, I kind of story my day, right? It's the stories. So we're eating dinner and Milo's doing something funny or I want to show what we're having for dinner and then how I made Milo's plate and like feel like I always have to have my phone. But I like how you have like, these are family hours. So, you know, even if it's like, 
5 p.m. or 5.30 until Milo goes to bed. Like story, like two things or... Or even get that content on your phone, on your emergency phone (laughs) or family phone, we could call it. And and then just airdrop it and post it later. Airdrop it to your phone. I know that might be more work, but... No, but I love that. Like family hours, we only have our emergency phone. (laughs) I know, because then they just start... The kids are starting to notice it. Olivia, our three-year-old yesterday said, Mom... I think I want a phone. And I was like, "Mm, try 10 more years at least. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. That's a whole other issue. Like maybe in 10 years, we'll still have our podcasts and we'll have another conversation about teenagers and cell phones. Oh my gosh. It'll be like microchips or something then. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Oh, well, this was a really fun conversation. Thank you so much for coming on. It was nice to meet you virtually and Before I let you go, I thought you could just tell us where people can find you on social media and also where they can listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y underscore Hubbard. And then you can find Meaningful Living on Instagram as well. It has two L's in Meaningful. And then our podcast is anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and please come listen. And I'm, I'm so happy that you had me on today. It was really good to talk to you. You as well. Well, have a good rest of your day and I will see you on social media, but not during family hours. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't wait. It was so good to meet you. You as well. Bye. Haley. Right. Thanks. See ya. Bye.